0: Ladies and gentlemen, now hosting the RizzoCast. Put your hands together for Steven Rizzotto. What is happening, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 119 of RizzoCast. I'm Steven Rizzotto, and today we're joined by a very special guest, he played in parts of nine years in professional baseball from 2011 to 2019, eight of them with the San Francisco Giants organization as a utility man. And he coached the last few years with the Atlanta Braves organization. Now he's looking for his next big adventure on the coaching side of things. It is Miles Schroeder and Miles joins the show. Miles, how you doing? Welcome.
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. And I just want to say right off the bat, I went to a lot of those San Jose Giants games as a kid and and I vividly remember that 2013 season. And uh I you know, I, I love the car that would be rolling out where the players would have to break the headlights, um oh, yeah. and the, the 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 beer batter they still had and and the the mascot that was creepy and gave me nightmares. Uh but I must <laughs> say that your era of of Giants baseball in the minor leagues probably my favorite because you had some names there was Brock Bond and Jeff Arnold and uh Josh Osich and Kelby Tomlinson and Mitch Delfino and you know Jose Casilla I could name all I could name them all that that was like a great bunch of Giants minor leaguers uh I mean what do you think about that group just kind of looking back right off the bat here
1: it was really a good group I mean you you go out and you win every night I mean it's hard not to uh enjoy it you know and everybody got along and everybody uh you know pulled for each other and and did what we needed to do to win so it was
0: nice and there's a lot going on in baseball right now too I mean of course the the postseason just concluded and uh your team uh, the Braves who you've been with the past few years they were eliminated by the eventual NL champion Phillies uh how locked how locked in were you this postseason uh what, what did you kind of have your eye on
1: um i had my eye on another ring you know i mean (laughs) nice to uh be able to get one and um share it with the family and uh was hoping for a second one you know but we came up a little short and um you know we'll just see what happens and hopefully i can uh get a couple more because i got three daughters so i got one i'm hoping to at least get a couple more so they can enjoy them with their family
0: hey there you go and and I have always wondered this. So you're, you know, obviously coaching at the minor league level with the Braves and they win one in 2021. Does it have your name like printed on the side, like kind of the other rings do like that the players and coaches at the big league level get, or is it a little bit different?
1: Yeah. Ours, ours isn't the caliber that theirs is, but um, you know, it's still really nice ring. And um, you know, I think I haven't even tried to open mine, but I don't think ours opens or, I didn't even take a chance to do anything with it. I just, you know, showed everybody and um, took a picture with it, and then it went back in the box and gets put in the safe, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm not taking that out either. Good call. Uh, yeah. This is right out of the blue. Where's Aaron Judge signing? <laughs> I guess that's a big story of the off season.
1: I don't know. I mean, to to get him in the Bay Area would be nice for him, you know? Um, that would be big for them um, and him especially um you know getting back home and i mean everybody likes to play at home in front of friends and family and um you know but one way or the other he'll get a nice contract and he'll help that team win
0: and uh speaking of uh of kind of being you know playing at home this is something that you kind of did you know in your career i guess not exactly in the bay area but you know you were a uh a giant draft pick. I'm very fascinated by your career miles. I mean, there's a lot of variety with almost everything. I mean, you grew up in the East Bay and Pleasant Hill area was baseball kind of always the passion for you growing up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did everything, um, you know, tried to play as much as I could and just stay outside really. I mean, anything I could do to stay outside and, um, you know, I had friends around that we were able to go and play ball and basketball and football and, um, you know, just be kids. And, um, you know, I I was pretty good at all of them, but you just, you have one that kind of sticks out to you and baseball was that I just knew it was something I was going to do. And, um, you know, anything I try to do, I try to do the best and, um, you know, it ended up working out for me.
0: Did you get to catch much in high school? Because I was going down, you know, your, your high school roster and everything. And I saw that you were teammates with Jason Castro at Caster yeah. Valley High School so I feel like there you might you might have been blocked behind the plate there
1: <laughs> oh yeah well that was uh, he was catching and then Ryland Sandoval who played in the Mets organization um, for a while he was at shortstop um, and then I went out to center field because I was in Sonora California and then I transferred back my senior year and those guys were there three years already so um you know to come in and take somebody's spot and obviously they were doing it at a high level um you know i went out there and and was just able to go run some balls down and and uh help us win and um you know until we ran into uh, tyson ross a couple times but that's uh you know he had a good career and you know if it wasn't for him we'd have done a lot better too <laughs>
0: I feel like Tyson Ross is a guy that is like, you know, he had a good big league career, but I feel like he's a guy you wouldn't want to run into in high school. And and by the way, Jason just won a ring. He wasn't on the, he didn't finish the year. I don't think with the Astros, but he was there at the beginning. So, um, back to yeah, back had- Castro Valley high school rings.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's nice for sure. Um, you know, Tyson Ross, he was pretty much the same pitcher in high school as he was in the big leagues, you know, oh, so geez. it was that and obviously his brother, uh, you know, ended up coming in and doing a good job, too, for the Nats, and uh, I'm not sure who he's with now. He might still be with them, um, but yeah, they they put together some nice kids and, um, you know, did well.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it, and uh, there are religious listeners of the show, and they know that I always bring up junior college a lot, and uh, yeah. you played and were drafted out of Diablo Valley College, and some guys choose junior college, other guys, you know, simply just don't have high school offers uh i mean which category would you fall into and and how did that kind of impact your work at work ethic because i always say that whenever i go to like a four-year like if i go to a stanford game or a four-year school one of these big colleges i could always point out that guy probably played juco first that guy probably played juke because there's just like a grindiness about them so i guess kind of what was that juco experience like and did you have any offers coming out of high school
1: yeah, I mean, I um, not so much out of high school, but um, you know, after my freshman year there, um, you know, I had letters and all that stuff, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really into the school part of it. I was just there to uh, get drafted and and get on with my career. So it's JUCO is a big thing, if um, you know, especially if people aren't into school and they're they're serious about playing and playing at a high level and they want to go there, and you know, it's just if you want to go get the education and get the backup plan. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do and there's a lot of ways to go about it, but I just, I was there to play baseball and that was it, you know? So, um, I've always done construction and, um, worked for myself. So it was something that, you know, once my career ended, that was what I was going to do, you know, the year that or coach. Um, so, I mean, it's just a different, um, game of baseball. You're there and, um, everybody's there to get a job you know and college people are there and a lot of um you know d1 guys if you're not a high guy you might not go there and play you know so if you want to go there and and sit for a couple of years or something you can do that but if you want to you know get drafted early and get your career early and um prolong your career because if you get in it at a young age you have you know a lot more time ahead of you um that's the way to do it but um you know, either way is good. Um, just all depends on the person and what kind of route they want to take.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And you're drafted by the Giants in the, the 27th round in 2007, uh, but you didn't make your debut there until 2011. So I guess take me behind kind of the reasoning of of maybe, you know, being around the game for that long and you know, I, you know, I guess hometown kid and a lot of expectations, you know, coming to San Francisco and I guess there's a gap. So what was going on during that gap? And then why was there a gap? I should ask.
1: Um, Just life in general. I mean, um, you know, I've always kind of taken care of myself and um, you know, when I got down there and you know, you're in a hotel room and you're, you know, back then, I mean, they're, they got a little bit better life now, you know, with <laughs> the way they get paid. And all that stuff, but uh, you know, it was just something, you know, getting into that life, and I ended up making my decision early. And um, you know, the Giants were huge; they, they, um, you know, offered to take care of whatever I needed um, to be done. And I just, you know, I made my decision early, and I, I stuck with it, and. Um, you know, I just reached that point to where I was still young enough and I never doubted my career. I just, um, you know, it was just life. And, um, I ended up doing that, going to work and just, you know, doing, um, doing the work side of it. And then I decided to come back and, you know, got lucky enough that they reinstated me and, um, you know, gave me another opportunity to, uh, come back and, and help the team win. And, you know, I hope I did that over my career, you know, so I'm very thankful, very thankful.
0: You mentioned something that kind of stuck out there. You mentioned the uh, the lifestyle of minor leaguers, I guess, and, you know, the bus rides, the eating out, the, the low pay. I mean, you saw this a decade ago. You're close to it now the past few years. Um, is this a matter of like, you know, if you don't like it, play better or whether or not, you know, more accommodations should be dealt with in the minor league level?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, it's always been that way and, um, you know, they're getting treated the way everybody always wanted to get treated, you know? Um, so it's nice that they're, they're doing that. And if you're, you know, you want that, you know, kind of Juco mentality where you're, you're hungry and all that stuff too, you know, but, um, I feel no matter how you treat them, you know, they either have it or they don't, you know, whether they're eating good or whether they're eating bad, um, you know, they either want to go out there and step between the lines or they don't, you know, they either want to, you know, a career or a job is the way I put it. You, You want a job, you're not going to get anywhere, but if you want a career, then, you know, you'll make something of it. So, um, I mean, they, you know, we did fine and we got by and, um, you know, the guys nowadays, they, uh, they're eating a lot better. They get paid better, you know, but, um, I mean, they need it with the gas prices nowadays, too, you know. So, but uh, yeah, it's good for them. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad things are going the way they are, and um, you know, it's nice to see these guys getting taken care of for sure.
0: Yeah, well, let's hope they could take like public transportation. I guess nowadays too, <laughs> a lot, a lot has changed. Uh, and and the Giants were were lucky enough to have a few guys kind of roaming through the minor league clubhouses when you were there and. Uh, I looked at your little resume thing and, and I saw that you, you referenced Lee Smith and, and Will Clark. And I'm sure those two guys uh, you spent a lot of time with, uh, what can you remember about how they, they helped you in your career?
1: Um, just seeing, seeing the way they came in and, um, you know, just smiling and happy and, um, you know, Lee Smith throwing BP to us and talking mess to us the whole time. And, you know, um, Will Clark coming in and, teaching you stuff about, um, hitting or, you know, sitting there throwing gum, uh, throwing gum up into the stands, you know, making the fans enjoy it. I mean, that's, you know, I take a lot of pride in the way these, the way those guys went about their business. I mean, will cutting his career early to go spend time with his son. And I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, you do it for your family and that's what I've always done is I'm in the game to help my family. And, um, you know help these guys especially just getting in and whatever i can do to help them help my family and just um you know do both is is what i try to do so those guys um you know are just big just helping me enjoy it and i try to stay in contact with them as much as i can you know just check in with them and see how everybody's doing so
0: yeah and and will I. Uh... I've seen him a few times at the ballpark, but is he the, is he the same guy as like what he kind of comes off as like from a public standpoint? Like, is he loud? Is he like, you know, very high energy guy. You know, we know about the, the, the voice and how it could get up there. I guess the notes go up a little bit with his voice. Is he the same guy that, that kind of what the public sees?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's always been that guy. Um, you know, and I think that's, what's good about those guys, especially with the giants. They, um, you know, I felt like there's no superstars ever with the Giants. Everybody's on the same level, no matter, you know, um, you know, who you are really, I mean, Posey, you'll be hitting in the cage and he'll come in and introduce himself. You know, it's, um, you know, everybody's been that way and and the Giants got a good tradition and, um, you know, it speaks for the players that they've developed and the players that, um, want to come over there and play, you know?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, you were a guy that that played every position on the field during your career. And and I was looking at it and, you know, maybe some guys come up at a certain position and, you know, other guys finish at a certain position and yours was just so like perfectly portioned, you know, all evenly. I was looking at it and I I, I noticed that like You know, over 900 or over 500 innings at first, over 700 innings at second, over 1600 innings at third, over 800 innings at catcher, you know, over 1000 in center, uh, over 600 in left. I mean, it's so over 300 and right, over 100 short. It's so evenly divided. Um, (laughs) So was that something that you embraced? Because I know a lot of guys don't like that. They want to stay in one place. But was that something that you kind of embraced during your career?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was a role player and, um, you know, whatever the team needed to do, that was what I did, you know, and, um, you know, it would have been nice to stay in one spot or something and go beat somebody out, you know, but um, I feel there's a lot of value there and then, you know, teaching myself doing that and then teaching myself how to switch it, I mean, you know, it's just um, there wasn't anything I couldn't do on the field, you know, and that was kind of my approach I knew I could play everywhere and if I could switch it there wasn't anything on the field that I couldn't do you know so that was that was just my mentality you know whatever I needed to do to uh, help the team win that was what I did and you know whatever I need to do to you know support my family and take care of my family that's what I've always done so um, you know just whatever needs to be done that's what I try to do.
0: And uh, you know you've probably dealt with it now on the coaching side of it, but how is imp- how important is it to like what you just mentioned? Know your role is that something that guys struggle with because you know I guess there's a a process of of dealing with guys that maybe need a kick in the rear or guys maybe that need a little bit more coddling. So from a coaching standpoint, uh, how have you kind of noticed that that communication of it?
1: Yeah, I mean you you learn everybody. I mean, we're with each other more than our families during the year, you know, so you learn a lot of people and their personality, what makes them click. And, um, you know, you just, you try to get everybody on the, on the right path and, um, you know, try to help them on the field, off the field, whatever you can do. And, um, just get everybody going in the right direction and enjoying the process. And, um, just, um, baseball. I mean it's it's ups, it's downs, it's um, you know, stuff off the field, how you bring it to the field, how you help somebody that's going through that stuff, you know, when you're not doing well, you know, if you're going you're struggling and then you're you're not helping somebody else out, then you're not getting anything out of it. So, you know, just um there's a lot to be taught and that's what I try to do is um just help these guys with the process of baseball and the process of life with baseball and um just had how to be a good person, you know?
0: And usually what happens, and I'm fascinated by the whole catching aspect of it, because catching, you know, playing all those positions is one thing, but adding the catching element to it is just a whole different animal. And usually what happens is guys either focus on catching 100% in the minor leagues or they slowly but surely kind of move off the position as they progress through. And you're kind of a rare case that you didn't do either. You kind of always had catching in your back pocket was that something that was kind of important to you because you had it from start to finish
1: yeah i i enjoyed it a lot i mean you know i missed pitching and that was my way to pitch you know i always (laughs) said if if they can hit their spots and and you know hit the spot on whatever i called we're gonna dominate and um you know i wasn't the best catcher you know all that stuff but i like to uh i was active and um you know, just was an athlete really. So, um, you can, you can impact a lot in the game there. And that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to help everybody and be a set of eyes for everybody and, um, give feedback and, um, you know, just, it's, it's, uh, you either want to do it or you don't. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the way I always put catching is you want it or you don't, you're going to get beat up, but if you can, if you can deal with it and and want to help these guys, then, then you can do it, you know. But if, you, if you're if you worried about all that stuff or, you know, the day in, the day out, and I got to go catch and, you know, get rained out, and you sit there for a while, got to run back out there. I mean, it's um, – but it, it's enjoyable. You go out there and get to shake your pitcher's hand at the end of the game. I mean, that's
0: that's what you do it for. Who's the nastiest guy you ever caught? Nastiest pitcher. Who comes to mind? Uh, Pick from the buffet.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know who was nastiest. Maybe Crick might be up there with when he was younger, just not knowing where it was going and, <laughs> and tearing my thumb. You know, but uh, it's you get some of those guys where. You know, they're wild and their sliders back up and this and that. And um you know, I wouldn't say I really have the nastiest picture, but uh Crick definitely wore me out a couple of times.
0: Yeah, there there's times where he was described as kind of the young Matt Kane and I was always thinking, I was like, This guy is like way more like nothing on Kane. He had a great career, obviously one of the yeah. cornerstones of that franchise, but Crick's stuff, man, was electric and I think he's still he was, I think he finished with the White Sox this year. So, you know, yeah. good to, good to see him going, but, uh, and it's yep. speak, Yeah. Speaking of pitching, you pitch two professional games and you have a zero ERA through two yep. and a third. Do you, what do you remember about those games?
1: Um, I remember coming in, you know, in triple A, whatever time ended up, um, punching out new and heist <laughs> and, you know, this, um, uh, I just I I always worked on it I always threw bullpens or flats and I mean I just it's always been in my blood and um, something I've always liked to do so I always worked on it and I worked on it because you know I was the way I was if I came in I wasn't going to come in and just lob the ball over I was coming in to to get my zero and get out of there you know Um, so I'm glad I I escaped with the zero and um, I take a lot of pride in that you know.
0: Did you get a reading on the on the radar gun for that?
1: Um, I'm not sure. It wasn't much. Um, you know, I wanted to. I didn't want to walk anybody, in yeah. But I, I, you know, I threw my pitches and uh, got out. So um, you know, I'm sure it wasn't much, but whatever it was, I got the job done. So
0: yeah, there you go. And uh, you know that that completed. Did that complete? You know your 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 path to play every position was that the last one you needed
1: yeah um you know I thought I was going to get it a lot earlier and um you know I'm glad I didn't I would have liked to be a two-way guy but I'm glad uh I didn't get put onto the bump because if I got put onto the bump that means I wasn't doing a good job at the other stuff so um you know it's it was nice to do it and it was nice to hang on to my zero you know
0: yeah, there you go, and uh, you know, there's plenty of guys that that hop all over the diamond in today's game, and you know, a lot of front offices value versatility and uh, the ability to plug guys in wherever. And you know, I know you did it, uh, but do you like this trend in today's game, or do you feel like it's going to kind of start messing with guys if they're not a staple at one particular position?
1: Um, I mean, it depends on the guys. I mean, there's a lot of value in it and um, being able to move guys around and. There's not really a national league game anymore, um, so there's there's a little less value in it, I think. Um, but being able to do it and late in the game, being able to move some people around and uh, bring in who you need to run or somebody to come in to catch if you pinch run for a catcher. I mean, there's there's still a little bit of national league game there once you get towards the end of the game. But um, you know, it all depends on the players and and you know, they'll see it in the data and the, the way the guys react and the way their bodies react. And hopefully they, they do what's right. You know, what's working.
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, I had Xavier Scruggs on, on the, uh, the podcast a while back and he's now obviously an analyst with MLB network. And I was looking at his baseball reference page and, and I noticed that he had two like back-to-back monster years in Springfield uh in double-A with the Cardinals. and, Uh, I I was asking him, I was joking around with him. I was like, you know, did you ever get sick of Springfield? And I'm going to ask you the same question. When you retired as a player, did did the thought ever bounce in your head like, Jesus, I don't have to ever step foot in Richmond, Virginia again? or or, Because, I mean, you spent a lot of time in Richmond. I'm sure that was like you yeah, know, there, there's a point there where you felt like maybe nothing was ever going to go forward from Richmond. So I guess, uh, was that your first thought when you retired was never again, Richmond, Virginia, or was it more like a positive experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I always, I felt like that was the best baseball you were going to get, you mm-hmm. know, you got, you got triple A guys, um, you know, when you get up to AAA and all that, but I felt being in that league and the the type of baseball and the type of guys you're running into day in, day out. I mean, that was, you know, really good baseball. Um, so it, it was all right. I mean, I, I accepted it and I went there and I just couldn't get out of spring training healthy, you know, so you go back to Richmond and you'll be there for a little while. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it though. Parney, I mean, he does a great job there. Everybody does. Um, get lots of fans and it's not a good place to hit, but, um, you know, it's, it's a great atmosphere and they treat you well. And, and, um, you know, they do a good job over there, but I just went and tried to do the best I could. And, um, you know, I was, I was fortunate to have my family with me and we were in like three different houses there in Richmond. So we, we, we had a good life there and, um, you know, we're very fortunate and, we went back there. It was what it was because we were familiar with it, you know, so you can get called up from there. or You know, Trevor Brown ended up going from like San Jose to Sacramento to the big leagues in in a year, you know, so uh, it doesn't matter where you're at. You just do your job and uh, hope you get, the, hope, hope you get the phone call.
0: Yeah, that's right. Trevor Brown, another guy from that era. And also Tyler LaTorre, I've had him on the podcast. He's now, he's now yeah. a coach at Sacramento state. So yeah.
1: I want to say it was he. He might have been with USF or something before that. Or yeah, uh, yeah. I I need to text him and check in on him. I haven't talked to him for a little while.
0: Yeah, team uh, team Italy in the WBC one year. So uh, shout yeah. out to to Tyler Lottori. Um, so you retire as a player. Why was coaching kind of automatically the next step for you? Um, just
1: pass along what I've learned and um, playing every position my whole career and. I just felt like if I didn't coach I'd be cheating everybody you know so I I want to pass along what I've learned especially learning in the Giants organization and in the National League you learn the game within the game and that was um, you know the game's a little bit different now not you know just when it comes to plugging in stuff and um, the amount of data you get but I just I want to pass along what I learned and and teach these guys how to play the game and teach them the game within the game. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad I got the opportunity and um, hopefully I'll get another opportunity with somebody else and, and help them win, too.
0: You know, and, and and you're married, you got a family, you got a few little ones at home. Um, and, you know, you were mentioning me before that, you know, you're trying to avoid dog, peop, uh, dog poop all the time and, and all this stuff. Uh, maybe there's a feeling that they had where it's like, oh, OK, your career's over. You know, the family just got you back. So was that a conversation that you had to have with them? Like, you know, hey, look, I'm looking to continue this and, you know, we may end up, you know, traveling and moving. Was that something, you know, a conversation that you had to have?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get this job with the Braves, um, you know, when um, I talked to a couple teams in 2020, and then the Giants ended up taking off from here, and I thought, you know, if I can coach here with the Giants, that'd be perfect, you know, well, they ended up moving somewhere else, and the Braves took it over, well, the Braves took it over, and and gave me the opportunity to coach from home, you know, which is about 20 minutes from my house. So I was able to do that. And then last year was able to come back again. So I've been at home with my family the last couple of years. So, you know, when that opportunity came across, um, they asked me, you know, if I would like the job and I said, yeah. And they were like, well, you don't need to talk to your wife. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm home. So I don't, I don't need to ask her. We've been, we've been talking about it for years thinking that's, you know, if I could coach from home, you know, with the Giants, but ended up working out. I mean, being with the Braves, so, um, you know, just very fortunate and glad to uh, share that time with my family. And hopefully, we'll see what happens this next year. And, um, you know, maybe I'll get an opportunity to work close to home again. So,
0: yeah. And how much has coaching changed since you first started playing? Because I know there's, I guess there's a mentality. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. It seems there's. A lot new, a lot more analytics involved. A lot new, uh, a lot more numbers with technology. I'm sure you've maybe been accustomed to to TrackMan. That's been around for a little bit. Um, yeah, some of the other tools to calculate like uh, swing stats and launch angle and exit velocity. Uh, is, is that something that you feel like you're you're kind of well adjusted for?
1: Yeah, for sure. You, um, you know, I, I was the old school type player, but at the same time, if it'd have been nice to have this stuff around when I was playing too, you know, it's just, it's, it's a bunch of tools you can have in your bag. And like you said, some, some guys, you know, who can handle information, who you need to keep the information away from. And, um, it's, I mean, information's right there. So you, you know, there's no lying in it. You know, if somebody um, has a good exit velo, but they're hitting a lot of ground balls and you might switch up something with their swing and, um, you know, to be able to get the ball in the air a little more. Um, I mean, just it's there and it's nice to have, and you just, um, you get what you can out of it and, um, you know, just use it to the best of your ability and the best to, um, help these guys, you know, in their careers too. So it's, it's nice to have, it's not a lot different, but, um, you just I think you get to look into the numbers a lot instead of just watching video trying to figure it out now you get to plug in the two and um, you know you get to do a lot of stuff with it now so it's nice
0: yeah and one of the trends that we keep seeing is is older managers getting another shot kind of running teams and and Dusty Baker's the prime example obviously winning a championship there with Houston Uh, but Bruce Bochy's back in Texas and Buck Showalter's in New York and yeah you know a a lot of baseball people describe those guys as being great communicators uh how important is communicating with your players and you know knowing how they feel on a particular day and you know knowing you know what position that they could be put in that could benefit them so how important is that communication aspect
1: it's huge i mean you you get a lot of young guys that come in and um, they're good with the numbers but then you know, there's ways to relate. And if you can get people like the old school people that, um, you know, know about the players and how to communicate with the players and how to go about the game and the feel of the game and stuff like that. And then who also understand the numbers. I mean, that's where I think these guys come in. I mean, you have, the other thing is you have a lot more people on staff nowadays too. So, um, you know they're able to collaborate and and figure out the best to uh best way to approach these guys and and get the best out of these guys so it's it's nice and it's nice to see those guys back you know it was nice to see Doug uh put a ring on his finger you know so um you know very happy for him and and especially Bochi going to Texas i mean i'm sure he's going to be bummed out he's i mean there's good fishing out there too but he uh you know, it'll be good for him.
0: Yeah. It's an indoor stadium. So hopefully, uh, he, he finds his way somewhere, uh, where he could, you know, find a, a good fishing spot over there. You're right. Uh, you know, and a lot of guys hold that traditional title in coaching, you know, manager hitting coach pitching coach, you know, uh, the past few years with the Braves, you've just been, you know, coach. So I, I guess almost like kind of a utility guy, yep. you know, you're showing up to the ballpark, not really knowing what you're going to be doing that day. Uh, do you kind of enjoy that unpredictability of, of coaching, you know, not knowing if you're going to work with a guy on his base running or be in the cage with a guy or coaching third, coaching first. Do you like that kind of mysterious aspect to it?
1: Yeah. I mean, you, everybody's got a job. So, I mean, it's, um, you know, everybody has a role. I have my roles too, but um, I just wanted something where I can work with everybody and um, you know, not just sit there and look at the swings every, every day, you know, but I had, you know depends last year this year I had the infielders the catchers um help with base run and help with the outfield just um you know be a bench coach and just be a set of eyes for everybody and and um just try to help everybody as much as you can but it all depends on the staff you have and and um you know this year we had a, a infield manager so he was able to do a lot of the infield stuff and um so I mean it it all depends on the staff, but I like being able to work with everybody. And that was something I wanted to do. I wanted to either be, you know, a bench coach or be a manager. So um, I think doing that, you get to look at the game differently and get look at all aspects instead of just sitting there, you know, with a chart and watching the swings and stuff, which I'm not opposed to that either, but um, you know, I just, if I had my choice, it would be bench coach or manage, you know, cause I feel, I get to impact a lot of people instead of just, you know, sticking in that lane, you know? So
0: yeah, I, I like it. Did you have a, did you have Von Grissom at one point?
1: Yeah, we had him last year and, um, I mean, great person, great guy just came to the ballpark and enjoyed it. And, um, you know, just got after it and, and competed and had fun doing it. And, um, you know, he'll keep doing that and he'll be successful just as he has so far. I mean, he'll, he'll do well for a long time. He'll play for a long time.
0: Jeez. I mean, the Braves just like spit out talent. I mean, they just spit them out and they lock them up. Like that's like the procedure. Spencer Strider comes into the big leagues, performs, gets paid, you know, Acuna Albies. I mean, Riley, they have so much, they have such a good core of, uh, of, uh, of young players. And uh, you know, before we wrap up here, I want to, I want to kind of quiz you a little bit here, so don't be scared. But I'm going to show you three guys, a picture of three different players that you played with, and you're going to have to tell me who they are. So you're gonna, it's it's going to be like a name game, okay? So I'm going to show you three guys. Won't be too hard because I have faith that you'll know these guys. I've played this with a few guys in the past, and some guys have gone zero for three, some guys have gone one for three, <laughs> some guys have gotten them all. So uh, that's pretty bad if
1: you go over three, huh?
0: Yeah, no, that's pretty bad. You're going to be getting some phone calls if you go for three. So uh, I, I picked some guys that, you know, perform pretty well. None of these guys made it to the big leagues. So I'm going to make it a little harder than, you know, because, I mean, if you see a picture of like um, freaking, uh, you know, Kelby Tomlinson, you're going to know who that is. I mean, come oh, yeah. on. <laughs> so. For sure. All right. So here's here's the first one. This this guy, I think, is very uh, and maybe tell me a few tidbits about who it is, too. Uh, and, and what you remember from them so here's the first guy who is this oh yeah that's Devin Harris Devin Harris what do you remember about uh, him
1: Um, uh, great person and um you know great player too he just he ended up getting hurt and um that was the end of his career you know when he went over he got rule five to Arizona and ended up getting hurt in spring training but um you know, he and his wife and his daughter and, um uh, they might've just had another one. Um, I, I hadn't talked to him for a little while either. I need to check in with him, but, uh, yeah, great person in inside and out. I mean, love the guy big time.
0: Yeah. He, he, he could hit like, I remember him, uh, like he was like the three, four combo in San Jose with Mac Williamson and they both had yep. like monster years and Williamson had like 25 homers or something like that. And, Paris was in the 20s too all right so we got you're you're so far one for one all right next guy who is this
1: oh yeah ricky
0: ricky Oropesa, first baseman what do you remember about him
1: yeah he just had a son too um just another another great guy i mean everybody i played with was great people but um i mean had a good career too and and did well just um you know ended up coming up a little short but um that that's baseball and sometimes you don't get the call and uh you know but um i want to say he's doing the real estate thing in california southern california and enjoying time with his family so gets to go home to his family every night and um that's what it's all about
0: is that what like 75 percent of like former uh pro players do is go into real estate i feel like it is
1: <laughs> um they might i mean it's it's something you get to work for yourself and um i feel a lot of companies they 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 hunt athletes because athletes know how to put the work in and they take pride in their work um you know they they're um you know they soak in a lot of information so um to get an athlete on your staff and any company i mean it's definitely beneficial for sure
0: yeah i'd buy a house from ricky or pace any day all right final one you're two for two let's see if you could sweep here who is this oh we got a tough, <laughs> t- t- tough one
1: <laughs> uh, i'm drawing a blank um gosh super sinker too um loved loved uh wrestling like wwf wrestling type stuff um
0: Should I give you, should I give you his first name? Uh, Or is that too much? Yeah. Jack.
1: I'm I have his last name. If I clicked over into my phone, I'd have it.
0: (laughs) Jack Snod.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Snodgrass.
0: Snodgrass. uh, There you go.
1: (laughs) He was all-star too. Uh, he, he did really well. Um, it was nice catching him too, just throw that sinker and get ground balls and uh yeah, I'm not sure what he's doing um
0: he's a stand up comedian, is he?
1: <laughs> he was always cracking jokes and all that stuff too, but I know he was uh, he was looking into the the wrestling thing for a while um but I wasn't sure. If uh, you know, I, I hadn't kept up with him or anything, but I try to keep up with everybody. But sometimes, obviously, I fall a little short. But um, great person and being a stand-up comedian, I could definitely see that for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you half points for that one because you did get the UFC thing. I was trying when I was trying to track down to where he is now uh I, I saw that he he was on a podcast actually and uh one of the things they talked to him about was ufc i was like well, why yeah. are they talking to jack Stockcrass about ufc but uh he's a stand-up comedian so i guess uh i guess uh maybe if if you know a team doesn't call this winter for for you to coach i mean that that's a pretty good alternative is go join him up on stage
1: <laughs> oh yeah no doubt yeah I'm, I'm glad he's doing well for sure especially doing the comedian thing he was always cracking jokes and just had that had that sense of humor you know
0: yeah no doubt about it and uh miles man i appreciate you coming on this was a lot of fun and uh cool to uh to get to hear your story and to get to hear kind of your uh and hopefully man hopefully a team calls and and you get a a good coaching gig uh in the come springtime so thanks for coming on man
1: yeah i appreciate it thanks for having me and um you know have a good holiday season and and best of luck to everybody
0: Yeah. Watch your step in the house, man. We don't want it. We don't want you to step in anything, you know, outlandish over there.
1: That was tracking into the house from outside. So we got (laughs) a lot of property. So the the dogs just go wherever they want and they usually stay out there, but I have a, um, a 16 year old dog and she, she kind of just goes out and she goes wherever she wants now. So sometimes you run into it and that was, that was one of the days, you know, but, um, you know, I just hope to, to get to have her, you know, for a lot longer if I can. So,
0: yeah. Hey, man, shit happens if you, you know, yeah. no pun intended. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah. You guys can follow the podcast on Twitter or Instagram at um We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you find your podcast. And we will see you next time. More to come.